All right, Gene, you ready to be counted in? I'm ready, farts. Ready in Chamesh, Arba, Shalosh, Stein. Yeah! Hey, yeah, yeah. Mm. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at? Where my mom's wearing thongs, hitting bongs at? Raising kids, cleaning shits, need a long nap. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at? Where my mom's at podcast! With Christina P. Uh, not so loud today, guys. Mom is hungover. That's right. Last night I did the drive-in show, Two Bears, One Bull, with uh, my husband and Bert Kreischer and uh, Dave Williamson. And Jay Leno even did a, a drop-in, uh, which was so crazy. I've never, I mean, I never thought in my wildest dreams I'd get to actually be brought up by Jay Leno. It was pretty amazing. But... Um, I mom had three whole cans of rosé last night. Yeah, woo! And I I made a lot of poor eating decisions. I had flavored popcorn. I had ribs. Um, flavored pot? What flavor? <laughs> so in Bert's ridiculous touring van, can you Google image search Bert's ridiculous tour van? You guys have seen it. So I love me some Bert Kreischer. You guys know we've been friends for a million years, and um, I'm so proud of him. I'm just so proud of him and and Leanne. There it is, Kreischer. There, <laughs> that's his tour van. It's it's a it's a tour van, a bus. Sorry, I'm severely hungover today, and I've put Nadav in charge of checking me because I tend to get way off planet nine when I'm like this. I just speak my mind. It all comes out, no filter, as if there isn't one already. So this is this ridiculous bus. Look, so there's there's Leanne on the back of the bus for wife of the party, and then he wraps the rest of the bus in his shirtless image, and it's like. It is Tom and it is Tom and my nightmare to have a bus like this as you're touring. Oh, so this is what it looked like last night at the Rose Bowl, which was just so spectacular to be able to do a show on this this day. And I just feel like people really I you could sense that people were stoked to be out. Right, Nadab, you guys went last night. How did it feel? The the crowd? Oh, absolutely. Like uh, everyone just seemed so happy to be there. Yeah. Um, and I think for a lot of people, it was probably their first comedy show in, like, even if they went a lot, it was their first comedy show in, like, six months. Oh, my gosh. It was my second comedy show. I, It was so crazy to be back, and it felt so um, good yeah. to be a comedian again for, like, five minutes, but... uh it was wild, dude. It was fucking wild. And I'm so hungover today. And uh, it feels good. Were you getting ripped as I, soon as you got off stage? Yeah, I totally do. So that's my MO. I don't drink before shows. But the minute I'm done working, I'm like, what do you guys have? Do you have uh, Chardonnay? You got Pinot Grigio? And I drink like the worst and, mom stuff. And hold on. You said you had cans yeah. of rosé? Yeah, which is so cans? lame. So Leanne, who's like the hostess with the most, is like, what y'all want? You want white wine? We got red wine. We got whiskey. We got cans of rosé. And I was like, yep, that sounds perfect, bro. And it was really good. Really good. And then I'm like, what? What are we? I'm such a headache today. I didn't... Anyway, I, I feel like I'm a person again, though. You know, like this level of debauchery is... It feels good. It feels yeah. good to stay up past 11. You feel like a comedian again. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a dirtbag. I love the grime of stand-up. Uh, I just missed it. Now, let me ask you. Go ahead. You get all crossfaded and shit? Oh, you mean take pot and? Yeah. Bro. Did you take the pot? 
No, I didn't take pot because I could sleep on just rosé. Now tell me about, because I'm nervous about crossfaded. As, as you guys know, I don't know if I've come out here as a, as a pot user on where my mom's at on your mom's house. I've been, I confess that every night of this pandemic, I've been going to sleep uh, assisted. <laughs> um, usually it's alcohol. And uh, I've now switched to pot. I take two milligrams of edible <laughs> and it is lights out. I'm working my way up to two and a half milligram, Tina. I'm afraid of crossfaded because of college. And uh -huh. I've, I've done it like, but that's like back in the day when you just smoke a J and you get really high yeah. while you were already drunk. Right, like while you're already ripped, like while you Yo. are doing some college level drinking. Yeah. And then after that, you're doing some college level smoking. You kind of tone <laughs> down a little after college. You know, it's not just like, you know, like, I don't know where my next beer's coming from. I don't know where my next joint's coming <laughs> from. So, so you just true. try and get as much into your body as possible. Oh, my God. So accurate. Yeah. Because, like, you're competing. And I found myself doing that last night with my cans of rosé. And Bert sensed it. Like, he was sitting across from me in the bus. And um, they're like, push. Okay, get like, uh, he, so Leanne hands me one can and his brain, his alcoholic brain immediately goes to the next drink I'm going to have, as did mine though. He's like, get, get her like three more. Okay, Leanne. And then hide them, hide them in the back cooler. There's like a front cooler and then a back cooler. Cause like he and I were the same mind of like, I'm, I don't know where my next can of rosé will come from. That panic. But when you're broke and you're a college kid, that's even more severe. I totally remember that. Right. Okay, so you're crossfaded. So, but walk me through this as a 44 year old mom. Um, How do I do that? Okay, so the way that you get to the land of Crossfados Barbados. <laughs> that's so dumb. <laughs> that's rad. Yeah, it's. Uh, but that's what makes it good. Is it's extra stupid. So. Um, <laughs> no thanks, Tom Hanks. <laughs> you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> ease into it. You know, you don't okay. want to go a hundred percent on booze, and then you're like, oh, let me go a hundred percent on the edibles now. It's you gotta no. do a little, a little nibble here, a little sip there, another nibble, another sip. You know, it's okay. Try and think instead of having like a ripped night, like what you're saying, th three cans gets you ripped, right? Dude, I, I mean. I feel like shit. So like, go have these. You know, start with start with a can and so, a half and a and a well, and a one milligram. But hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So now you're suggesting I drink first and then add the edible after. Because here's my deal with pot right now, is that I take the edible and it activates my brain, like it lights it up, and I and I make I have all these great thoughts and connections, and I'm like. I'm tripping out. Like I'm watching. What did I watch, dude? I watched Beetlejuice, and I was like analyzing what's happening and what a terrible stepmother the the mom is, and like you, you know, like Winona Ryder's needs aren't being met as a teenager. Like I'm right. totally reading too much <laughs> into Beetlejuice. This is the first time you're seeing Beetlejuice as a mom from the mom's perspective. Yeah, as a mother now, I'm rewatching these movies and I'm totally reanalyzing. You're like, this mother and this Beetlejuice character is really fucking up Winona yeah. for her yeah. future. Yeah, I'm like, is she gonna get into college wearing that stuff? And then I, I watched um, Donnie Darko High, and that was even better because yeah. at first I used to follow the storyline of time travel, and now as a parent, I'm like, oh no, this kid's just schizophrenic. And this is like the breakdown. This is what. This is how someone gr grows more mentally ill. Mm -hmm. Like it's not even about the the real the, the storyline that's presented to you. And I was like, wow, 
pot's pot's great. So anyway, so how, you're how suggesting. Did you see, how did you see the dance moms in that movie? I fucking love that. <laughs> I'm beginning to doubt your commitment to sparkle motion. <laughs> how great is that lady? She's the best. And what's interesting about that? See, this is pot thoughts coming. Is um, so that was what it was. The conservatives back then were Christians. Technically, right, wanting to mm -hmm. ban books and do all this, and now it's the far left. It just they switch places, and now it's the far left being like, "That's immoral. That's immoral." Like, right. What you guys totally traded? Ban that immoral book. Ban it. Yeah, burn it. So anyway. <laughs> all right. So cross Barbados. Barbados. Okay. Um. Yeah. So just tiptoe, tiptoe to each pool. You know, start with okay. uh, half what you normally would. Like what seems like a good night Wait, for here, just one thing. But here's the deal, man. Yeah. I, I feel as though my judgment is less impaired on pot. So like, I should probably eat the edible first. But, and then quiet those thoughts down with a little bit of booze. See, now you're getting it, Christina. Okay. Now right. you're getting it. <laughs> now you're crossfading. Who am at I? A, at a, like an adult. Yeah. <laughs> Guy, I can't wait till my kids watch this. This is perfect. Nah. And they, I'm always like, don't do that. No, they'll, they'll see this in 10 years and they'll be like, mom was fucking rad. Oh, gosh. I don't know, though, because I look at my friends that have teenagers. So I got to have this great conversation with um, some of Leanne's friends last night. Uh, the lovely Sandy and Kathy and they have teens and I was like please tell me that teenagers snuggle that they want anything to do with you and and, and Kathy's like well I have a 14 year old boy and and every morning he secretly will come and snuggle and I was like oh please because I'm I don't want to lose their cuteness right now I have a two and four year old and I just I adore it so much I just love how much they want to be around and oh yeah, I feel like high school is when that probably starts ruling out. When they I know. stop, when the snuggles stop. Did you want to snuggle your mother, or were you guys more? I mean, sure. When I was like a kid and stuff, like yeah. uh, you know, I was, I was a mama's boy. I always like wanted to make sure my mom was happy, and like, Aww. I mean, moms just have that smell. You know, I know they have that mom smell. smell that makes you feel safe. I and know. my mom had that smell too. It's funny. I think it was Alyssa Milano who's on this show, and she's like, "I'm always worried. Like, is my mom smell coffee breath?" You know, like, you know how your mom also had, like, bad smells to her? Like, oh, God, I'm always breathing on him. And yeah. No, but see, it doesn't register as bad smells to, to the kid, you know? Mm. They don't have, like, a, is this good, is this bad? They just have the, is this mom, you know? Gosh, I hope so. So there's so much to follow up from the last episode. Thank you for uh, watching this. So much to get into. You know, we really went down a very divisive rabbit hole last week talking about title nine and i i have to commend baby josh zolo for coming on and being brave and courageous in this current climate to take to the mic and tell us how he felt about stuff and you know it's sad that that's even a, an act of courage now to just say your opinion um on issues that are <laughs> now taboo it's just to me completely antithetical to what America is about, freedom of speech. Is it, Did I use that word correctly, Chris Larson? Antithetical? Did I say that right? I'm, Sounds right. Antithetical. Okay, just making sure. I, you're going to put me on grammar check today because I am out of my mind tired. You got it. Um, so let's do some follow-ups on that because I was really thinking about it um, after we discussed it, you know. Obviously, these issues are very complicated and full of gray areas and who better to tackle this than comedians <laughs> so you know a i'm, I'm just trying to um 
I don't know, make sense of the world. And, and I really appreciate you guys being cool about this. I'm really surprised the feedback was overwhelmingly positive and constructive. And um, I'm glad that you appreciate an open dialogue as much as I do, uh, which shouldn't be revolutionary. It shouldn't be an act of courage, uh, but in today's climate, unfortunately, it is. So let's get into some feedback. We talked about Title IX last week, and baby Zolo uh, is in his... Are you a senior now? Where are you, Zolo? Get on the mic. Let's talk about it. Are you, I think he's a senior or junior. He's going to be graduating in a year and a half. And he... Uh, lives on campus and he deals with campus life and um okay there you are i hear yeah. you i hear you my sweet little baby zolo i uh, say so, so uh you were telling me that beginning of every semester you you sit down in front of a computer and then you you what do you read about title nine like how, how does it go um, they tell it, you not to rate people. And yeah. How do they tell you not to do it? Um, it's mostly like videos and they oh, like okay. walk you through and they give you all these different examples of different scenarios. and. So, so hold on. Let, let me. <clears throat> so it's like sex ed was in seventh grade. They funnel. Do you, they separate, separate the boys from the girls? You go into the lock. You go into the gymnasium and you watch a video on assault or how does it go? No. I mean, you do it from the comfort of your own home. You do mm -hmm. it on your computer at home and you, uh, you just go through this program and with uh, several different videos and, um, you know, on all these different aspects of Title IX. And then at the end of like every section, there's like questions and stuff that you answer and you're kind of like quizzed on it. So it feels to me like it sounds like it's a driver's ed course or like a, <laughs> it sounds about as, it's, 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 you know, I'm, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to juxtapose here is the severity of the topic and they're kind of, they're treating it like it's like you're taking your, your written part of your driver's license exam, you know, like, Hey, watch this video, take this quiz. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy. Cause I'm, I don't feel like, I mean, I'm glad that they're doing something to educate kids on this, but I'm not sure that's the, is that the way? I don't know. I don't know either. It's tricky. I mean, I guess if it does prevent, like, one bad thing from happening, like, yeah. it's worth it in the 100%. end. Like, you know, it, it has, like, it it definitely comes from a good place. I don't know how effective it is. It might be a little over the top. But, I mean, you know. It's over. So let's get into the feedback. <clears throat> Uh, over the top. So maybe to a nice kid like you, I, I am assuming it, it, it feels over the top because I don't peg you as the kind of guy who is um, assaulting people. I don't know. <laughs> I've known you for uh, the last what, year, two years now. You're, you're very sweet and, and you've had a girlfriend. You guys are going steady, if that's what the kids are calling it now. Mm -hmm. And um, But there are some douchebags who need to hear it. So let me just read some feedback and we'll get into it. I think it's fascinating. Hi, Christina. I completely agree. We shouldn't need to train people on general respect and how to have consensual sex. But I want to take a minute to add to your conversation about Title IX. I was sexually assaulted in college and Title IX helped me not only build a case against my rapist. Great. But they also provided me with immediate victim services. They had a coordinator meet me at the hospital during my kit. Good. They were with me the entire process, talking to cops, lawyers, detectives, helped me sign up for therapy, bypassing a long wait list, and helped me secure a protective order. After four months, they also kicked my rapist off of campus and got this assault put on his record. He will no longer be able to apply for any other school or put in job applications without them knowing or anything else they need a background check for. 
Very good. All in all, Title IX is so much more than just training against rape, and I want to share my experience with you. Keep it high and tight. That is awesome. I did not know that. Thank you for sharing that because I don't I don't know that yet. So uh, very good because I've, I've heard that um, uh, it's unfortunate like when a woman um, uh, horribly um, gets assaulted and raped, like you go to the ER and then, um, you know, you have to pay for your own rape kit, which is fun. That's like $1,000. And uh, so I'm very happy that that helped you. So good to know. So it's not a horrible thing. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Okay, so this is interesting too. I like this. Uh, This person starts by saying comedy should not be policed. You should be given a space. Okay, we were talking about how Zolo, you feel as though you're not, uh, you're under attack being a cisgendered white male. And I agree. I think yeah. it's silly that you feel like you... To an you... extent. Right, no, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like a lot of my opinions um, are just invalidated on um, topics such as this one because of, you know, my various privileges. And I, I don't know if that's fair. I agree. Okay, so let's hear what this person has to say. Uh, the everyday white cis male has been under attack in recent years, and it sucks to hear that Josh feels put down by it. This is the impact of broad generalizations, and I think the needle absolutely does need to move back and will move back eventually. However, I think this sense of discomfort and, quote, oppression can also be viewed as a learning experience. It sucks to be seen as just another member of some amorphous group presumed to share the same opinions and life experiences and to be told your voice does not matter unless you follow the asserted narrative you're being told. But isn't that what the black experience has been for so long? Couldn't this be an opportunity for people who do not experience the, the much more violent repercussions of systemic racism? What I think your technician is experiencing, as most white men are now, is that they no longer assume that every space is one which they can walk into and exist comfortably. And though there are different levels and kinds of privilege, you can see in real life what the pinnacles of white privilege breeds. Chads and rads. Wow, very insightful. Very interesting. Very interesting. So what he's saying, kid is that this is what, you know, uh, marginalized groups have felt like forever and welcome to the the club, right? This is how it feels. Now, on the other hand, Baby Zolo, you're only a 20-year-old white guy. I don't think you're responsible for creating the systemic problems in society. So, you know, is it fair that my little Baby Zolo has to feel the wrath of, of such uh, stuff? I don't think so. I think, that, I mean, that's my exact point. It's like... yeah. I, I didn't choose to be this way and it, it's shifting and um, the, this viewer saying like, oh, well, this is what these other marginalized groups have dealt with for so long. But isn't that just making the problem like worse by now, like kind of shifting, um, you know, all of that onto a, a different group? That's not helping the problem. Correct. You know? Correct. And I think I think you're right, too, that, um, you know, this incessant need to like naming and mar- I, as a you know um it's funny whenever you i hear the phrase as a and someone's going to fill in the blank of what their group thing is it's like okay i get it we need to this needs the consciousness raising needs to occur 
but is this dividing us or bringing us together? Um, and also I would look back to one of the greatest leaders, Martin Luther King Jr. His whole point was equality and coexisting and peace and love as we were doing it, not conquering. And, you know, he never said, let's kill Whitey. It was, let's become equal and, and, you know, do it through a path of love and, and whatever. So anyway, I agree. The pendulum will swing back and it feels violence and it feels horrible right now, but, uh, don't worry. You white guys will come back. Good. <laughs> the white man will prevail. I don't know. Um, also, I, I, sadly, I, I, uh, I know a little bit about what the term rape culture means. I'm not um, very well read in it, unfortunately. But this is a good example someone sent in. The fact that numerous women have come forward saying Donald Trump has sexually assaulted them and there is undisputed audio of him saying grab her by the pussy and he is able to run for a second term of presidency is an a example of rape, rape culture in this country. Uh, yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good one. <laughs> I mean, wow. If you just, that phrase, I remember that audio coming out right before the last election and I thought, Oh, this is it. This guy is going down. He's going down. He, there's no way a man can become president. And there's audio of him saying, I just, I just, if it wasn't in context of like he was dating pageant women or something. Yeah, I think that was it. And he was talking <laughs> about how he's, since he's a celebrity, they let him do that. Yeah. He's like, which is such a, it's such an aggressive tone like and i just grab them by their pussies like whoa <laughs> like i don't even think he knows how female anatomy works there's not a ton to grab onto you know it's not like a dick but whatever it's so it's so aggressive that phrase goodness gracious that is a really good example of rape culture thank you for uh bringing that in you guys are so tense i can hear it are you afraid of grabbing by pussy. Have you ever heard a guy say that phrase, Zolo? No, I haven't. I know it's so funny because uh, it's so funny. I don't want to do this one. This is too depressing. Um, what was I going to say? See, this is where Rose comes in. Oh, yeah, it's so funny because uh, I remember when that happened and um, people who voted for Trump they were interviewing women and they were like, well, how do you, how do you vote for a man who clearly has no respect for women? And they're like, well, you know, that's just locker room talk. That's just him doing, you know, I'm just guys being guys. And I think you're right that that is indicative of a rape culture where it's like, oh, it's just, that's how guys talk about. It. They just grab us by our pussies. It's kind of vulgar. I mean, I listen, I'm, I'm all for locker room talk. I, I love men. I'm surrounded by men all the time, but I've never heard you guys say, that you grab women by their pussies that's vulgar. yeah i don't think most guys talk like that i don't think so <laughs> that's an extreme like that's a bit more than locker room talk yeah it, it's a weird thing to say yeah yeah it's very interesting i mean by the time this airs i think we'll know who the next no we won't know who the next prezi is right this airs on next we'll be Monday. a couple days away fuck man what a wild year okay Anyways, uh, do you have any final thoughts? Anything, Zola, you wanted to add to the that you were thinking about since last week or anything? Um, I mean, I, I was just thinking about everything we we discussed, and I I, I wanted to um, kind of emphasize the point again that I mean, all of this, all these things that are put in place, this training, all of it, it does come from a good place with good yeah. intentions behind it. And like Agreed. I said, if it stops one rape, then I mean, it's all good. I have to sit through a thing for a 
few minutes every semester. It's not that big of a deal. And for someone like me, that's like, you know, relatively normal and, you know, on the <laughs> smarter side, probably <laughs> I might not need it. But I think there are a lot of kids that yeah. probably do learn stuff from that training and everything um, and take away information from there. So all in all, it, it might be for the best. It is. However, I do think the method by which the information is delivered is very sterile and very um, kind of bullshit. You know what I mean? I think I think maybe it's like actually sitting in a room with girls <laughs> and and having it discussed in a really because you know how it is like um, you know how it is when you're face to face with people. The discussion's so much different than just like reading about it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so 100%. Much, yeah, it's so much more of an impact if, like... For sure. There was a group of you guys put together and you could discuss it. Like, maybe that, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I would prefer... I just feel... It felt very sterile and very, like, bu bureaucratic to me. Yeah. Talking about sexuality, like, sex, crime, and power, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay, well, shit, kumbaya. You guys should... I think, because it just reminds me, like I said, of sex ed, the way we had it. Like, they would just wheel you into the gym class... Um, in seventh grade and they would separate the boys from the girls and then like your PE teacher would tell you about sex and I remember just being like this is not the way I just know this is not the way I'm supposed to know this stuff because uh, you, ju you just end up walk away you walk away feeling weird and uh, yeah dissatisfied. I remember that yeah, yeah like this totally. not like does it did it have to go down like that I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> how did you learn about uh Sex. Um, who taught you i mean my my dad talked to me about it at a very young age because i, I mean i i asked i heard about sex um in like first grade or something and mm -hmm. i just went home and i asked what that was but i definitely remember you know having like the school sex ed thing and thinking it was like really weird and awkward yeah and yeah. i also feel like that that discussion comes way too late like by the time I remember we had it like in ninth grade at my Catholic school and I was like, oh man, like all yeah. these hills are fucking already. Like, what you, yeah, like, that's pretty late. Yeah, <laughs> what are you talking about, bro? Like you should have gotten here like three years ago. Yeah, I, I remember we had one like fifth grade in elementary school. They took us into the library and they showed us a video. Oh, and I remember like one kid asked like, what's a boner? Yeah. And that, that was fun. That was, that was a good laugh. Yeah, but see the video, it's always like here. Yeah. I can't talk about this you watch this and it's like that's so fucking lame like that's what i'm saying it that doesn't make the same impact as like what if a girl who had been assaulted came and talked to you in college and you had to sit there and like listen to her and see her face and see that i think that would make such a bigger impact on people yeah yeah i'm but, sure it would then, i mean I, I think they do do things like that a lot too at a oh, lot good. of different schools but is oh. that not is that a, not a safe space <laughs> would that be so triggering for people in this climate? yeah well it might be it might be for other um survivors survivors of stuff right yeah. but as we know from uh, cognitive behavioral therapy the best way to deal with stuff is not to avoid it but to confront it but for you know oh, there you go fuck that okay let's move along to some other very important news this one is for you nadav um i should have said the breaking ranch news was strictly for you and nadav it's been out of stock since i checked after my clip on wmma we may never see perfect ranch again oh god <sighs> wow wow okay did you want to show can we show this picture oh and if you do score it the key is to let 
let chill and marinate at least 12 hours to get the full taste you love. The legit real ranch. So this is the ranch we were discussing. Restaurant style mm. dressing. Mm. Yeah. I, th- I think I agree. Huh. You <sighs> What do you mix that with? Sour cream? Um, I've never, I've never really made a ranch. I feel like I could never outdo the restaurant. So I, I don't think I ever really tried. Like I've seen those videos of like people at Wingstop mixing it in bulk. <laughs> and it's like, I, I'm not, I'm not mixing a five gallon drum of buttermilk with yeah. a, a five gallon drum of mayonnaise. Like it's like. It's not mayonnaise, bro. It's probably sour cream. Uh-uh. Bro, it's not, not the one I saw. I think the one that makes Wingstop no. ranch good is the mayo. You, it's no. mayo, it's buttermilk, and okay. it's a whole bunch of Hidden Valley Ranch okay. bullshit. I'm gonna vomit. Um, no, but it's good, Christina. Okay. It's you know what? You know, some mayonnaise. people get sex ed uh, in fifth grade. I think <laughs> ranch ed should be coming ranch around ed. that time. Equally, <laughs> <laughs> equally important. We need to educate people on ranch. I mean, you're saying that Thousand Island and uh, ranch dressing together yeah. is heaven. Is a banger. See. I didn't. I didn't know that. I'm 32, Christine. I know, bro. You gotta. You gotta get out of your comfort zone, homie. I just gotta go to a better school that has ranchette. <laughs> ranchette. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving along to another important topic. Uh, a lot of you guys were uh, into what I was talking about about uh, exalting motherhood. I agree. Um, in our culture, it's cool to shit on femininity and feminine things. But I, for one, am done with it. I see myself a lot like you do. I'm not a girly girl. I can hang with the guys and share a lot of humor with men. But deep down, I'm a wife who wants to take care of my husband and future family. I like cooking and baking, especially for my husband. And I like taking care of him. It is natural to me. Um, I agree. Yes, thank you uh, for writing this in. I don't want to, and I think, oh, Natalie. Natalie. Um I know, Natalie. I agree. I feel as though, uh, like I said last week, the feminist movement kind of left out, didn't kind of left out, it did leave out uh, women who want to stay home and who want to make a home nice for their husbands and their children and who want to take care of their kids full time. It is an an incredibly important important job. Um, And it's a bummer that it's not being held up to what it should be. You, uh, the mother is the center of the home. The mother is the center of the universe. The mother is the appointment maker, the diaper changer, the anal temperature taker. She's the cake maker. Oh, shit. I feel a song coming on. The cake maker, anal temperature taker. <laughs> oh, shit. Is this the next mom oh, rap song you're doing? Oh, shit. Crayshawn and I have to get together. Ooh. Yeah, bro. I'd we, buy that on iTunes. I know. We, we recorded a song and then the choir hit. So now we're going to hopefully do another one soon uh but yeah it's mom she's the center of the universe and you know i think our goal was to get out of the kitchen and get options and now we've now some of us are just like wait a minute that shit's rad um i love it i love being a mom i love being the one who decorates and who cares for everybody in the house it's it's the center of everything we're essentially the earth revolves around the sun chris heliocentric model right yeah we're the sun we're the sun of the home right oh yeah 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 the mom is definitely the uh the the center of the home for wait sure. well I, i'm trying to get you on my science though chris that it's the sun that's the center and then the planets revolve around that 
Yeah, that that's that's how the orbit, orbit works. Yes. Okay, cool. And that's and then, how the family unit works. <laughs> that's right. It's the same fucking thing, man. So don't 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 let society diminish your light, girl. You you do it, and uh, I think it'll come back, exalting the mother. It's very important. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, this one is titled Poop Tits. <laughs> I've recently come to the concu- conclusion that my mommy Jean's whole mood depends on how well his morning brown goes. In an effort to en- enhance his morning mood and better his time on his throne, I've recently started sending him titty pics while he is taking his morning poop. This results in a happy mood from him even when he has a messy morning brown and keeps me out of the bathroom to avoid the smells. I highly suggest supporting your significant other by sending naughty pics when they are down. It helps keep the mood playful and even puts a smile on his face when he is stressed. Keep behind sight. I could not agree more. Now, I don't know if I would send uh, tit pics when my husband's in the in in the crapper. Um, <laughs> just because my husband has no refractory period from having a shit to wanting intercourse, and I'm a little weirded out by someone who can just wipe his b-hole and then be like, I'm hard and I'm ready to go. Uh, no. But this is really interesting what this woman hits on is that, you know, I I think I've been using the word manipulation in relation to sexual stuff with couples. It's not, that is too harsh of a word. I want to use the word regulation, sexual regulation. And I feel as, like I was talking to a friend last night and she said, you know, I, I have this girlfriend who went to Australia for two weeks and left the husband alone with the children. And then she says, boy, I, I bet she gave him a few BJs to pull that off. And I thought, oh, that's funny. You do that too. And I, I have a few female friends who that's like the unspoken currency in which we wives deal with. You know, you, you want to get away from the kids. And so you know he's going to be cranky about it. But if you give him a BJ or you have intercourse, then you know like, Okay, he's not going to be as mad about that. Like you give him what he wants, so then you get what you want. What's the word for that? Quid pro quo, sexual quid pro quo, sexual that right. regulation. Asking Chris, not Unidov, because he's smarter than all of us. <laughs> What's the word I'm looking for? He who plays Sudoku before yeah. bed. <laughs> when you exchange sexual favors. For but a... it's not. But see, that's the thing. It's an unspoken exchange. What What is the word I'm looking for? It's It's something women, my friends, and I do. It's not verbalized. It's not out on the table. We just instinctually know if I want to do this, I'm going to smooth out the relationship by giving him sexual favors. And then everybody's happy. Sort of like an implicit exchange of a quid pro quo is definitely what you're getting at, right? Right. It's an implicit exchange. An implicit, what's that word? There's, it's a contract. No, that's an explicit exchange. I'll come up with a word. In in law school, when I was in law school for two weeks, I learned what a contract was. That's when you give something to get something. So it's an it's a contract, but it's, it's yeah. implicit. Yeah, that sounds less sexy though. It does, yeah. 
but it's the truth. You it's bring contract. Call it a unspoken language. Mm. That sounds a little bit a little bit cooler. <laughs> I know. I'll think of something sexier, but it really is the essence of a marriage and keeping keeping those wheels greased. Uh, and uh, you know, this is something women have been doing. And, you know, for centuries, this is how women have kept it. Listen, everyone thinks the guys are in charge. You fucking know that it's not true, right? Like, you know that it's the bitch at home. It's the woman behind the man. <laughs> you fucking know that. Okay. It's always the wife influencing the guy to make the decision. You had that stupid saying, happy wife, happy life. It's fucking true. It's mm. because the woman is pulling the puppet string. Sorry. It's the truth. Okay. And I know it's not, you know, politically correct, but. No, I think you nailed it. It's it's you always man. It's the wife. Yeah, you know it, who knows it, this it better? Rhymes. It's got to be true. Yeah, and you know that's <laughs> right. It's a platitude. You know who knows this is real estate agents. When Tom and I go look at uh, houses, the real estate agents don't even look at my husband. They look at me and they mm. talk to me. And I thought, oh, that's really smart. They know that it's the wife who's gonna go yes or no on this house yes or no yes or no it ain't, ain't the fucking guy right they know that well it's because you're the guys you're uh, like you're the side of the relationship that turns that house into a home that's what i'm fucking saying brah yeah doug because that's our domain now what i'm suggesting is we turn this into a positive society has made this into a shameful negative and i think we need to reclaim our power as the actual powerhouse the actual uh, source <laughs> okay yes bitch it's a huge power. It's a huge thing. It's fucking huge. And I, as soon as I come up with the, the verbiage for these things, I will, I will put it into writing. I will make this my next comedy hour. Chris just uh, came up with, a, with something solid. Uh, well, what would you call it, Chris? Called it a sexplicit exchange. Ooh. Who just earned their fucking money this week, bitch? <laughs> Hell yeah, Chris. A sexplicit exchange. Damn, bro. You nailed it. Sexplicit. Damn. See, because I've been saying this shit on stage where I talk about milking my husband. You got to milk him to get the rage out and this and that. But it's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. That's why marriages, they don't, you, if you're not having sex, you're in trouble. You got to do it. You got to fuck. You got to fuck. All right. Let's move on to some other very important topics. What did I want to do? Uh, oh, but first, let's do my favorite segment. Today's Driving with Kids segment is brought to you by our sponsor, Michelin, and the new Michelin Cross Climate 2. Learn more at michelinman.com. So thank you guys for sending in these wonderful stories. If you want to send in your tale of driving with your kids, you can email me at where my mom's at at gmail.com. Leave me a voicemail, 213 375 Five one eight four. Uh, do we have voicemails for this Michelin stuff today? Yeah. Let's listen to. Let's do a voicemail first. Those are always fun. I like hearing your guys' voice. I like hearing your voice, mommy. Hey, mommies. This is Josh from Georgia. Uh, when I started to drive, I think I was like nineteen. I came over a blind hill. Um, there was a school bus picking up kids, and they just started to drive off. So I passed the bus and went over this blind hill and completely sideswiped the local sheriff. Um, I think I'd been driving for like two months maybe, and I was like horrified. And the cop was kind of cool about the whole thing, but he was like, 
you ran a stop sign and hit a cop car, like, you're going to get some tickets. And I was like, that's <laughs> fair. So keep an eye on tight, mommies. Have a good day. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get some tickets. Wow. I guess that's how it is in Georgia, where they're like, hey, man, it's fine. You're cool. That is nuts. That is when you get into your first accidents, though. Um, I, I think I was driving for like a couple months, too, and it was raining one time, and I backed up, and there was a Trans Am parked long ways up against the wall, and I wasn't looking behind me, and I just wrecked this Trans Am. Like, I pushed Damn. in the door. My dad was so mad at me. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Do we have another voicemail for yeah. this? I love these. Hey, so I had a um, car fail. So I'm a varsity mom. I have a 13-year-old and an 8-year-old. And when they were 2 and 6, we were driving to the mystery spot. Well, my son, who was 2, got car sick and literally threw up exorcist style all over the back seat. And my daughter, who was 6, starts screaming, screaming bloody murder. I'm trying to make sure my two-year-old doesn't choke on the vomit. I have my six-year-old screaming, and my husband is trying to figure out where the closest target is or parking lot where we can get my son out. We ended up having to buy a whole new car seat. I gave him a horse bath in the parking lot to try and get the vomit off of him. Solid. And my daughter is just screaming that we needed to go home. We needed to go home. It was probably one of the more chaotic moments of motherhood I have had and to this day my daughter cannot handle when anyone is sick around her oh yeah at all ever yeah, same <laughs> but well, have a Ugh. good day thanks mommy Bye. that was have a good day have a good day after that horrible story yeah um that was I my eyelids started twitching as I was listening to that that stressed me out so much God damn it. I hate puking so much, so much, so much. Okay. Here's one from um, Rowan. Oh, gosh. When I was a kid, my dad was a stay-at-home dad. One day, he took me to get a cowgirl hat. On the ride home, I thought it would be a good idea to stick my hat out the window and watch it fly around in the wind. I really did think I could hold on to it. Well, as you might have guessed, the cowgirl hat got ripped out of my hand and flew down the side of the highway. My poor dad pulled over and ran down the side of the highway to get my hat. People flying by him going 60 miles per hour. He eventually returned with my hat. And although I'm sure he was mad at the time, it's been one of our favorite stories at how stupid I was as a kid. Oh, when I heard your story about your son throwing his shoes out the window, it would remind me of my own story. Keep him high and tight, Rowan. Oh, that's sad that you <laughs> He's like... And that's the story of why I'm stupid. <laughs> I don't think you're stupid. I, I actually took that how sweet and selfless your father was putting himself in harm's way just to get your hat back. I mean, how sweet is that? Uh, would your dad do that, Nadav? My dad? <laughs> yeah. He'd be like, guess what, dumb dumb, you don't have a hat anymore. <laughs> Now you learned to not do that anymore. You know? Same. My yeah. dad be like, well, I guess your hat is gone. I'm like, cool, thanks. <laughs> yeah, get ready to build some character, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You just have a super nice dad, Rowan. Damn. Again, thank you for submitting these. Um, 213-375-5184 to leave your nightmare stories driving with kids. And uh, 
Thank you for uh, sponsoring that segment, Michelin. <laughs> I don't think my dad would ever pick up. <laughs> Hard knocks, baby. Baby! You gonna be hard motherfucker this one's pretty funny somebody wrote this and dear christina love the show love throwing on my wireless headphones to tune out the kids and love knowing i am not the only fucktard mom out there it really helps thank you <laughs> becky thanks uh, in any event i have now heard more than once recently about your toilet woes i do have a lot of toilet woes I, uh, the toilet's plugged right now as we speak. I don't know why Ellis won't fess up. Uh, he's blaming Julian for throwing something down there. He did Julian flushes it. No, I do believe the issues of your son flushing toys and random shit down the toilet qualifies you for yet another Pajitsky effect and quite possibly a mom fail. Ooh, can you believe this? I'm in for a double. No one ever told you. Now it's time for a round of mom fails. No one ever told you about child locks. Perhaps instead of spending money on an expensive plumber every time your kid flushes non-toilet items, you could spend a meager amount on not one, but two different types of child locks that will ensure no more toilet play. Doorknob locks and a toilet seat lock should do the trick, and you won't need to call the plumber again. But more importantly, you will no longer have toilet water cover children. Trust me, he's not just flushing shit. He's flushing. <laughs> Becky. Shit, Becky, I think you're He's not just flushing shit, he's flushing what? He's like splashing in there and she's right because I've like I've walked in on on Julian numerous times just with his hands in the toilet and he's got the brush and he's like just touching his face and licking those fingers and just washing the bowl. And can I tell you why, Becky? I've heard of toilet. I've heard of these of child locks on toilets. And I know you're right, and I have a mental block on them because I'm so stupid that before I had kids and I would go to people's houses that had toilet locks, I couldn't figure them out. And I have that in my head that I still can't figure them out. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, no, I can't have toilet locks. I'll, I can't figure those out. I'm in the same boat as you. Like, I'm so stupid, right? No, but it's like I if I saw if I walked into like my sister's oh my house God. or even I think uh, you guys had a child lock uh, doorknob too <laughs> yeah. that I've never seen before. I was like, like it stopped me in my tracks. Yeah, you're I was like, like I don't want to break this. I'm just gonna have an adult open this for me. <laughs> I know because they're so daunting, and I swear it's because other people have had these, and I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know what this algebra is. I can't figure this out. This thing isn't letting me take a shit. How do I? <laughs> how can I take a shit in this thing? That is how my stupid brain thinks. So thank you, Becky. You're right. This whole thing. This whole time, I could have just had a fucking toilet lock. God damn, I'm an idiot, man. Why didn't I think of this? What the fuck, man? I have everything else from Amazon in my house. This is the one item I have not purchased. I'm on it today, bro. I'm on it. Yeah, such an idiot. God damn it. Thank you for enlightening me. I'm learning so much on this episode. (laughs) We covered Title Nine. We did toilet locks. We learned how to, what did you call it? Crossfaded? Crossfados Barbados. Crossfados Barbados. Yeah. It's just amazing. People say you don't learn the older you get. That's just not true. 
Let's do some Pajitsky effect. Oh, no. First, it's apropos of this discussion of toilets clogging. So the other day, I took my kids to um, uh, the pumpkin patch, you know, the fucking pumpkin patch. And a couple of things happened. So I took both my kids. I was alone. My husband was out of town. And a couple of things happened. So as my, there's a there's stupid maze, right? This hay maze that you go into. It's like... It's like, you know, knee length on an adult, but it's just, it's perfect level for little two-year-olds. And I'm in this hay maze. And of course, Ellis is standing on the fucking hay, pulling the shit out. And then Julian is screaming and running this way. And like, I'm so used to the chaos of two small boys that I'm just, whatever, dude. Like, I'm I'm so tired and just over it. And I look over and I see... um. You know what I'm talking about, too. I see the parents. Both parents are there, of course, and they only have one child. And that baby is like 18 months, like just at that sweet, sweet spot before they're really tearing shit up. Like they're, you know, they're ambulatory, but they're not like they haven't realized they can throw shit down the staircases and put their hands in toilets and like, you know, swallow pennies. No, maybe it ain't. But anyway. I see these cute couples. There's two of them and they, they're so happy to meet um, other parents. You can see that first shit too of like, oh, how old is yours? He's 15 months. How old is yours? She's 18 months. And they're doing this thing where they're, they're really into their kids, you know, where they're like, good, good job, Lucy or Luna. Stand up yes look at you oh no no you don't want to touch that that's dirty that's dirty luna don't put your hands in your mouth (coughs) and i'm just looking at that like just like you i remember being that way like with the first kid where you're like don't put that in your mouth good job buddy come on really and then by the second kid you're like i don't care just put it oh fucking wash your hands later like i'm too tired to even give a shit I don't care. Go crunch the leaves. Go fucking do anything you want. Right. You have an immeasurable amount of patience for the first kid. Yeah. And then by the second one, you're just like, he's not going to listen anyways. Just let right. go. Like he's he's a an boy. asshole yeah. whether I'm patient or not. <laughs> and not only that, they want to, you got to let them crunch around and play and stuff. And they're, they're just young kids. That's what they do. And there's no point in trying to keep them clean all the time. I was always trying to keep Ellis's hands clean and face clean. And now I'm, my kids are covered in filth all the time if they're wearing shirts, if they're wearing pants. Uh, most of the time they're in diapers or underwear because I'm just that trash. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. So I wanted to show you guys. Uh, this is the this is a, the weekend I had alone with my, my kids this last weekend. My husband was out of town. Uh, put Pull up the grill pick. So this is um, at... <laughs> This is at the pumpkin patch. Believe it or not, that's my youngest boy, Julian. And um, as I mentioned, there is a corn maze. There's pumpkins. There's um, a garden of artwork that children can go into. My kids find the abandoned barbecue grill. (laughs) 
And that's exactly what Julian went for was the abandoned barbecue grill. It has nothing to do with anything. It's just there in the middle of the pumpkin patch. And he's opening and closing it, looking for the butane tank, hoping to find some matches or sticks. And then my other boy grabs sticks and starts throwing shit at it. Like, it's just chaos. So any mom listening who thinks they're not doing it right, you're fine. You're good. I think this is normal. Other people tell me this is what boys do. Um, I don't give a shit anymore. I'm too tired to give a shit. Also, we went out to lunch. I've decided to just take them out to lunch instead of cooking fucking 10 meals a day. Because as you know, as a mom, it's like you're the line cook, right? You wake up, you got to cook everybody. And then another hour later, I'm cooking lunch for everybody. And then it's it's like too much. So I'm like, fuck it. We're going out to lunch. <sighs> Go ahead and pull up. Uh, yeah. So this is Ellis. This is the back of my son, Ellis. Took both kids out to lunch. This is what our table looks like. If you can look down at the floor. <laughs> it is a menagerie of toys, um, wrappers, shit everywhere. I mean, it looks like 10 frat boys ate there, and that's what it looks like. And here's what I do. I ask for a table away from the other patrons so as not to destroy their brunching experience. And then I tip really well. I leave the, the waiter, the poor son of a bitch that's waiting on us. I leave them a nice fat tip to clean up. So there you go. Oh, and I started getting my kids into Shirley Temple. So that's a nice bribing tool as well. How many cherries do you want in your Shirley Temple? You better behave. Man, dining with kids. Oh, my God. I didn't realize oh how God. much of an activity it takes from the parents, too, because... I thought, you know, uh, when, I, when I'd go hang out with my sister and, you know, she has two kids, she'd be like, oh, let's go to a restaurant. And I would think, oh, yeah, 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 less work, right? Oh, hilarious. No, it's like the same amount of work. It's the same amount. It's, it's you don't even use plates. Like, no. you just have them eat off the table. Yeah. It's so foul. It's so foul. Well, what you get on Amazon if she, she wants this, my eyelids twitching just talking about this, is that you, you buy these mats that you can, they're plastic and you stick them on the table and they're disposable so that your kid's not like actually if she wants to be that clean about it. Yeah, and then you have to bring toys to distract them. So like the crayons, you want to bring like You bring clay. that shit to the restaurant Oh, bro, why do you think they give that shit to you? Like a nice rest, like restaurants that are kid friendly, they'll be like, here's your stupid thing for your kid to color so they don't freak out. Mm. Yeah. And then um and then there's like a time limit, right? That young children can sit in a restaurant. So I order there is? Oh. Oh, it's 20 minutes max before oh. my boys are like ah. So I have to the minute the waiter comes for like that water drop, I'm like, "All right, here's what I want. I want chicken tenders, I want the fries." <laughs> and bring it all at once. Don't fucking space the shit out. Bring it all at once and then I hurry eat. <laughs> Cuz I know it the clock is ticking down to when these fools are like getting ready to run it's just how it is is it at least consistent is it like always 20 minutes or is it just like there's this is a ticking time bomb and i don't know how much time is left well when they're really little it's a ticking time bomb for 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 ellis it was because he was so active like he really was the kind of kid who just could not sit still and you know people would say like i never give my children's screens to watch and i was like that's the only way this kid's gonna sit and eat is if i give him something to watch um, but now that they're older, they're much better. It's just, it, it depends on the day, you know, like the day before we went to lunch and they chilled for like an hour and it was fine because someone else was eating with us. 
Ooh, it's just it's contingent on the day. They're, oh, so they're they, so day to day. So know? they behave better when there's an extra person. Strangers, with you? yeah. Oh, because they're con- like because you're just mom. They could be themselves around you. Oh, and here's the deal, man. Mom gets all the abuse. That's the other thing because you're number one. Though mm. they they come, they hold it together at school. They hold it together around others, and then they let it all go for mom. And it's a sign of trust. It's actually a sign that like you're doing your job. They say because they can just be crazy around you. If they're just complete animals if around you, that means you're doing a good job. Yeah. Woof. You know, <laughs> but then you have to discipline that shit on top of it, so it becomes a whole thing. It's crazy, man. It's it's it is a trip. Like nobody tells you. There's not one book that I read that really prepared me for motherhood. <laughs> There's not one fucking book. Not one. These bitches lie. Bitches be lying. I gotta write the book. I'm gonna write the fucking book, bro. I'm writing it. Uh, let's do some Pajitsky effects. I absolutely, I adore these so much. Um, I just had one on this episode. I'm going to buy toilet locks. I'm such a fucking, I can't believe I did not think of that this whole time. And I buy everything from Amazon. And how often every is your fu- toilet fucked? Fucking every, I would say every month, someone is like, I flushed, I did something. There's a car in the toilet. <laughs> and I pay like, Four hundred dollars. So every month for the last four years. No, no, know? no, 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 not that much. Oh, okay. I would say the first one was the most colossal one because the toilet had to be replaced because Ellis threw something so bad down there that the plumber was like, "I gotta remove the toilet because I don't know where this object is. It's probably in the plumbing." And I was like, "No, yeah, it's bad. I, I cannot believe I did not think to get." Dude, thank you so much, Becky, for writing. <laughs> okay. Uh, I grew up solidly middle class. Oh, do we have any voice? We have a cartoon crush. Mom, heck. Okay, let me see. Um, I grew up solidly middle class. My parents taught me frugality, frugality, Larson, frugality, frugality. Yeah, it means uh, good with money. Again, hath, which word is it? Frugality, frugality. Oh. Frugality? Definitely not frugality. Frugality. <laughs> frugality. Am I saying better. it right? Frugality. Frugality. Frugality sounds good. Okay. Yeah. Through growing up, growing your own food and cooking often, but my real cheap ways didn't come into effect until college when I was extremely broke all the time. Now that I have a solid job, I still cook all the time because it saves you so much money. But for years, I refused to buy even the most basic of kitchen tools. Oh my God, me too. I'm 25 and just recently had an epiphany after my roommate yelled at me to buy a strainer. And surprisingly, she was right. They are only like three fucking dollars and should last you literally forever. (laughs) She also got me to splurge on an oven mitt. Whoa. She must have gotten sick of watching me burn myself using towels a million times. I'm still using a fork as a whisk though. Baby steps. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think I just went to Crate and Barrel, I would say a year ago when we moved to this house and I bought adult utensils and I bought like La Crusette pots, which is like a fancy, you know, pot or whatever the fuck. Uh, I agree, dude. I'm the same. I was I was using forks as whisks. And yeah, it, you go to Crate and Barrel or wherever and do yourself a favor. Buy proper adult utensils. It's going to help you so much. You know what I really got into, really changed my life, is uh, <laughs> speaking of exciting mom talk, um, 
it's like a food saver. Google food saver on Amazon. Oh yeah, the vacuum sealed stuff. Bro, get. Have you done it? Yeah, I got one. You got one? Yeah. Nadav, you never talked about this with me. Yeah, you know, well, what are you I, I, like, about? I like to keep the stuff that makes me feel like a functioning adult kind of to myself. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, it's so good. No, yeah, because it's like, uh, it's rad. Because then you could actually go to Costco, food save all your shit. You know, you have some chili that you can't fucking finish in two days. You're like, all right, I'll food save that shit. Yeah. But the... um. It's so good. Like I'm definitely like that with the with the food utensils too. <laughs> like I'm still on my set of utensils that my mom gave me when I moved out for college. Yeah. Like you have one of those pasta spoons like with the strainer and stuff, right? Pasta spoon. It's like a it's like a spoon that has like That's, hooks on it and holes so that you could take the pasta out. That I still just put a fork in the pasta and then I burn my hands and I shove the pasta in my mouth and burn my like I don't know. Well, gross. mine's half melted. Such an like idiot. it's like it's just I put it too close to the fire a while ago, and I was like, <laughs> you could still get pasta out with this thing, but you know it's melted to shit. <sighs> Almost all of my utensils are melted to shit. Yeah, it's time to re up, bro. I so this right. what the food saver does. This is a my. This is amazing. So when you have meat, you have leftover chicken. Don't you listen when you know when you buy chicken at the grocery store, and then you just throw that container in the freezer well what happens is like the plastic will erode and your food isn't actually being frozen well and it sucks like it just sucks so the food saver vacuum seals it and now you can save your meats forever and what i've been doing is seasoning my steaks like i'll put like a fucking dry rub on that hell bro and then i'll i'll vacuum it and then freeze that dog so that way like all those flavors are in there now I've heard of a. Have you heard of a sous vide? Have I heard of a sous vide? Bruh, real? No, yeah, that's how you uh, like. That's how you use the food savers. You, you do that, and then you put in some sort of water bath bullshit, right? Yeah, that's my next move. So now I've, I have to buy a sous vide. That's my next plot, because this is what I hear, moms, is that if you want to cook in bulk, like let's say you want to make spaghetti sauce. And you just freeze the rest with a vacuum seal and then you take out that frozen bag of spaghetti sauce and then you put it in the sous vide and it like heats it over time and now it's beautiful and heated and it's in the bag and now you're fucking easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Ooh, using it for reheating Yeah, stuff. bro. That's yeah. the first time I've heard about that. Okay, well that's what, what I'm talking about. You reheat some shit. Yeah. Oh, it's so exciting. The world is exciting. I love America. I love, I love, I love. Crock pots too. Um, my next is going to be that air fryer. I think I'm going to go there. Okay. You guys haven't gotten an air fryer yet? I'm so slow. You guys have been talking about it for like for, months. For months. I fear that it's going to make me eat badly though. Eat bad. But it's so healthy for you, Christina. There's no oil. No, no oil. We'll try. Mommy Christine, for years I've had a sock drawer with maybe four pairs of socks I like and 20 pairs of socks I fucking hate. Yes. I'll wear my faves on the days immediately after laundry day and then I have to suffer through the rest of the drawer until I've got enough laundry built up to do another load. If I buy a pack of socks and it turns out that they suck, I just stick stick it out with them until they get holes in them and I can justify throwing them away. I only just recently realized that I don't have to keep repeating the cycle of good socks, bad socks. I'm 33 years old and I can buy a whole drawer full of new socks if I want. The underwear drawer is up next. Love you, Mommy Carmen. That's a huge revelation. Uh, I'm not even there yet because I just steal my husband's socks. That's how. I'll show you. What am I wearing today? 
These are my husband's ankle uh, Adidas socks. I'm not even sure these are for women. Um, I just don't even believe in buying socks because I, f I feel as though if you live with a man, those are yours to take free. Those are your items that you just get to take. That's not for you to buy. Hold You just don't buy socks for yourself? Nope, I don't. I wear Toms. Didn't you also have a Pajitsky effect where you realized that you could wear socks with shoes? Was that you? No, I had the Pajitsky effect that I realized I could wear those invisible socks. That's it. Those socks that they don't show. I didn't know that that's what cool people were doing. I thought that people were just wearing Vans without socks. And I'm like, doesn't everybody's feet sweat and smell? Like, how are these people? And then someone goes, oh, no, no. Those are like invisible socks or whatever. Ankle socks. Right. <laughs> Blew my mind. Blew my mind. Dude, why are we such animals? Like, how come I don't know basic life shit? Is this just my failure of my parents? Look, Christina, I think you could uh, sleep in comfort that we're all very incredibly stupid in our own special way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I just think I had such an alien upbringing i think being both immigrant and then my mom was mentally ill so i grew up <laughs> in the upside down i like i literally grew up in the upside definitely down. a good recipe yeah i think just nothing was normal okay uh has to do road trips my family moved from miami to memphis when i was five since then we would always take road trips to visit our family members in miami we had an unspoken rule that we could only stop to get food and gas this was the only time you could go to the bathroom it was only on a recent trip to Chattanooga with my boyfriend that I told him within one hour of being on the road with great shame that I needed to pee. <laughs> he was completely unfazed and told me he would get off the next exit for me to pee. It wasn't until then I realized when you're taking a road trip and you need to go, you can just get off at any exit and pee. That is so true. That is really a good point. Because um, Tom and I have a, a no shame policy on that. Cause he, he and I like to power up on a lot of coffee and then water. And then like, we've been on road trips together and he'll just have pissed. And I'll be like, I got to fucking pee again. I'm sorry. And I'm like, don't apologize. It's okay. It's your right. Like you can pee. So that's really, um, that's really interesting. How long were you that's guys really on tippy toes around each other before you realized that you both have pee shame? Yeah. I've a good few years, like a few road trips in. Cause I would say it, I, I, it started with me. Cause I'd be like, ah, fuck, I ah, fuck. I'm sorry. I have to pee again. And he's like, we just pulled over. And I'm like, I, so are we in a rush? Like who cares? This, this day can last forever. Like I think people, you get locked into certain ways. Cause you, you think those are the rules, right? Like you have to get there. I was like, well, who cares? What are we doing? What are we hurrying for? You control the, the narrative here. You know, you control your life. Like, go. So what if we are, you know, stopping? You can stop 20 times. I know. It just, you get locked in. Took a few years. Well, it was one time we were in Santa Barbara when we first started dating and we're looking at really nice houses. We were driving around and I go, Tommy, I, I got to take a shit. You, I got to take a shit. And he goes, okay. And then he keeps driving. <laughs> He's like, and look at that house. And I was like, no, no, boo-boo. I got to take a shit. And that means I have to go now. Like, what's this time delay? And he's like, oh, okay. Like it was so surprising to him that just you have to shit. And then, you know, he holds his for a long time, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Very fascinating story. I'm glad I shared that. Okay. <laughs> this morning I turned the dial on my toaster down. And for the first time in as long as I can remember, I had a perfectly toasted, not burnt to a crisp bagel. 
<laughs> the joy, the despair for mornings past, then joy again. Hallelujah. Praise Allah. For <laughs> who knew I was deserving of such a fine treasure? <laughs> Thanks, Chief. From Muskoka, Ontario. That's my province, homie. That is so true, right? You're like, I can fucking turn the dial. Hell yeah, dude. When you realize that there's <laughs> things you could do to actually make your food taste good. Like, it took me so long. Because, like, stupid. growing up, we loved, like, microwave popcorn in my house. Yeah. And it took me, I think, not until college to actually trust the popcorn setting on the microwave. Oh, I don't trust I don't trust those settings at all. Right. Cause I, don't I, trust. I, I don't remember where the distrust started. <laughs> but I was just like, no, 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 no. I'm going to burn it the way I like it. And then I think in college, I saw someone put the popcorn saying, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I know. Like, I'm putting on the popcorn. And it came out fucking perfect. But it's like, oh, you trust the man? You trust that some guy or whoever wired this thing knows? <laughs> yeah, you think Big Microwave knows how you like your popcorn, homie? <laughs> I know. Why are we suspicious? Why are we suspicious of the pre-settings on the microwave? I'm the exact, like, I'm like beverage okay you don't even know my beverage settings bitch like that's your setting yeah. what if your setting's too hot for my liking jesus the defrost setting oh i think i used that once uh, never. And i was like i don't i don't like how it knows i don't i don't well like it's it. also the confrontational communist side to me is like don't you tell me how to fucking defrost my meats don't you tell me what that setting is like i in my head i have a, an argument Right. You're like, yeah. I'm going to leave it out on the counter for five hours, yeah. probably a little longer than I should. <laughs> and then I'll just hope I don't get sick when I cook it. Right. I'm doing it my way, asshole. That's so that's so funny. Yeah. I have full debates. Oh, speaking of uh, beverage and microwaves, I bought a picture in of my new setup in my bathroom. I wanted to show you um, if you could bring up this photograph. I took it just for you. Okay, guys. Oh, my God. Dude. Ultimate bros, this is so dope. Okay, first of all, I want you to notice to the right of my microwave, coffee, and everything, do you see that wacky wallpaper? That's yeah. that's our shit room. This is just a toilet room. And I, I made a rule that I want interesting toilet paper like the 70s. Remember when you're like in the 70s and like every toilet. Interesting toilet paper? Uh-huh. It's a thing. It's a thing in houses in the San Fernando Valley in like the 70s and the 80s, even into the 90s is that I lived in these houses and every shit room had cool toilet paper. And I, I'm, I'm sorry, wallpaper. And I think oh, it's because. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, that clears it up. Yeah. Because I think it's because back in the day, you didn't bring in your phone to take a shit. Like, you had to look at something interesting while you were taking a dump. And so I would study wacky wallpaper in these bathrooms growing up. And so this is my favela. <laughs> I think it's a favela. And I want, I imagine Brazil. I don't know. And so I study the houses as I take a shit. Okay. Now, most importantly, this is my station that I have done. This is in my bathroom. Oh, my God. This is actually entirely devoted yes. to coffee. Because yes. I, I would think I'd find bathroom stuff here in this bottom one. No. But I'm just seeing creamer and other coffee stuff. <laughs> well, and I, I'm uh, flogging myself right now because see that glass area as I like to load it up with my mugs. And I see that there are none there. And it's angering me the now. The glass area. The what you just circled there? The glass? Oh, over here. Yeah, that's where I keep my mugs. And I'm upset with myself because I see that it's empty right now. Well, it's in use. Well, that's only one. Oh. I keep the back. How many mugs do you keep in That's here? what I'm telling you. <laughs> so I have a ritual where I stock this thing. 
I carry as many mugs as my little paw can, five mugs by the handles. And then because I wait at tables, I'm really good at this shit. And then I bring my half and half and I put that up in that cooler, that little cooler. The half and half goes in there. My mugs go down there. And then I get some backup creamers and shit down there too. And then in that drawer, I keep the coffee pods. I keep the spoon. Uh, It's a full fucking system. So I wake up and I just stumble in my shitter in my toilet. And then I just start the coffee. And that's it, bro. Hold on. It's a full fucking system. Remind me what the microwave is for. Okay. So here's the problem. Here's the problem. I make my coffee. I put in the half and half. I stir it. And now my coffee is cold because of the half and half that I keep in the fridge, which I have to keep in the fridge. What? Why? The the milk gets the coffee a little too cold? Yes. So you microwave it right after you make it? Yes. But not with the beverage setting. I have to find the perfect amount of time and I haven't <laughs> found it yet because this is a new microwave. <laughs> <laughs> you understand. There's so little as humans we can control in this life that what I can control, I really enjoy controlling. Do you know what I mean? Like I have to control this in my life. So what's your system in finding the perfect time? Well, that's the thing. So right now, 30 seconds is too long. One minute is scalding hot. Like one minute, the beverage setting I tried today, I did try it today. I'm going to admit to that. And I was like, let's just see if they're right. They're fucking not. It's too much. I'm going to go for like 25 seconds. That's what I'm going to try. And also depends on the mug. Sometimes the mug is dense. Sometimes it's not as dense and it heats the liquid up too. I'm telling you, it's a whole fucking thing, man. It's a whole fucking thing. Oh, geez. So each mug that you have has its own specific time. Different variable. <sighs> yeah, I know. It's, it's a whole thing, man. But nothing gives me greater pride and joy in my life than this coffee station. Now, I will also share another personal item with you since we're on this topic. If you look above my coffee machine, that, my friends, that, my friends, is a painting that I bought for my birthday done by none other than the famous comedian, Phyllis Diller. And I'm so proud of it. I know, I'm such a Phyllis Diller fan, and I bought this for myself because I just adored her. She's dead now, but she was my my mentor. So every morning I get up, I see Phyllis, and I make my coffee, and I take a shit in my beautiful uh, favela. And that's life. And I can I tell you that this coffee station brings me so much joy just because it's so, I'll tell you why. I'll be honest with you. I, I, like 100% open, open. Because I think growing up, like I mentioned, I grew up in the upside down. And I didn't even know what I liked because my parents were so wacky. Um, like I wasn't allowed to like, like my mother, I would be like, I like pink. My mother would be like, you like purple. <laughs> so when I grew up and I was, I started doing wacky stuff like this. I'm like, oh, this feels really good. Like this is claiming who I am, you know? And I really like coffee and I really like wacky wallpaper and I really like Phyllis Diller. And like now you just, you have to enjoy these things, kids, because it goes by fast. Right, Nadav? No, yeah. You got to enjoy it. It's exciting when you realize they're like, oh, shit, I think I like this a lot. I know. This is my jam, homie. This is my jam. And and that's what I found is the most, it so gives me joy. And to not lean into those things that bring you joy is like, oh, what am I doing? What am I doing? So... I can't wait till you somehow figure out a reason to have a hot plate somewhere in this station. A hot so you, plate. So you make <laughs> like eggs and stuff. <laughs> yeah, you start making your that's what I your said bacon to and Tom. eggs. <laughs> I'm like, pretty soon I'm just gonna have a kitchen built in our bathroom, and then I'm gonna <laughs> just make Homie, omelets. Homie, you're halfway there. You got a kitchenette. 
<laughs> I don't understand why they need to put a kitchen on every floor of your house. A mini kitchen. You need to have a kitchen everywhere. All right. I got to go. I got my, I got to fucking wrap this shit up. Um, it was so nice to talk with you today. Thank you for watching the show. Thank you for subscribing. If you like the show, subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thank you to the boys in the booth. Shout out to Zolo, to Chris Larson, to Nadav Itzkowitz. I love you guys. Um, and until next time, stay cool, moms. Bye, mommy. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at? Where my mom's wearing thongs, hitting bongs at? Raising kids, cleaning shits, need a long nap. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at? Where my mom's at?